So we're back. Because we're the prodigals. <laughs> Is that how you do it? Yes, yeah. The prodigals. Leave all of that. You got it, in. man. You got Leave it. Leave all of that in it. That, you got it. All of that in it. Leave all of this in else? there. You got it. Leave all of this in there. That's Did I forget anything else? Again. No, it was, it was oh, good. No, it was good. You nailed it. I've I've been practicing since this morning. <laughs> yeah, Alan, you're next. No, next I can't do it as good as you guys. What? Do it. All right. Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Discuss topics not normally preached in a pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. Uh, that is why we are here for you. We are by no means a source of authority on any of the topics we talk about. We just want to talk about and process through some of this world's difficult topics. And so, what's going on? My name is Mark, and I am joined by Jed and Alan. Oh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> you didn't do it. Come on, it. man! I think you. Uh, I think it should be a rule that if it's just the three of us, you have to say Jed Allen. Jed Allen. All right, I'm joined <laughs> by Jed Allen. <laughs> Arwen still out on parental leave, and Billy is working, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I I don't know, but I don't know. we'll give him the benefit. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, he's uh, he's. We're working till night, so he's probably yeah. on his way home now. Whatever know? it is, it's a good. Whatever it is, it's a good reason yeah. that he's not here. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, this week we will be talking about the topic of deconstruction and reconstruction of our faith. What is it, and why is it important? All of this we will talk about in this episode. Table talk. What is the meaning of the construction and reconstruction of faith? Yeah, just so everybody understands, knows what we're talking about. So hopefully, I I mean, I think what it's like after reading about it, because I really haven't heard about it since whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I've been around it for a while because really what I think, I think what it's talking about is just people questioning sort of like um, the things that they've been taught and they're, when they're younger and sort of breaking that down and yeah. seeing what, what they want to keep and what they want to discard, right? Mm. So that's between deconstruction. Are we talking about reconstruction today? Yes. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's, that's hopefully the other part of it. Yeah. You take it down, you, you know, break it apart and then see what you, know, what, what, what you want to keep and then you put it together and that's the reconstruction instruction of you know sort of like the teachings and the principles of your faith is that sort of like mm-hmm. what it is yeah does that yeah. sound like it yeah is it a good guess yeah so so it's kind of like if someone made you a meal that you don't you have no option of like making and then you have it in your hand and you have to deconstruct each piece and which one like fits with the burger itself and then kind of putting it all back together. Is that kind of like what it is? Like, de- yeah, deconstructing. 
That doesn't make sense to me. I just eat the it whole thing, it. right? Oh. Well, because, like, don't talk to me <laughs> no. about food okay, and so, stuff. Like, I haven't eaten since, like, <laughs> so lunch. So let's say you don't like pickles, right? Like, pickles doesn't <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah. So you take the top bun out, right? And take the top bun off. And then if the pickle's still not exposed, let's say the tomato is on top still. Take off the tomato. <laughs> Let's <laughs> say the lettuce is still on top yeah. for some reason. Right. Um, and then you take off that lettuce. And then you take out the the pickles. And then you put it back in in yeah. the order that you would like to. So that's like that it's the burger that would work for you. Mm-hmm. Or go ahead. Or um the burger, um, like you know that you're not supposed to get maybe pickles or you're not supposed to get tomatoes and then when you deconstruct the burger it's there so then that's has to be taken out and then you have to just put the burger back together yeah but when you deconstruct it do you like take it layer layer off by layer can you just like i guess one other way of doing that is like you just take a bite and if you see it you spit it out or you just plop it out like just I don't want to say like throw it against the wall and have everything just kind of like whatever. No, <laughs> split apart because then that's oh, where it's like no I don't pickles. know. I mean, the five throw second rule can only go so far, right? Before you put it back together. Can we move on to like a different analogy? This one doesn't work. Okay. I'm like so hungry right now. Like, you killing me. Okay, I have an example. So how about when when you when you go through the border, right? Like let's say you're going on a plane uh, right. and we go through the check. Like, uh, you know, the, the security check, right? You have to open up your bags. You have to deconstruct everything you already just put inside. And they, they check if what's, what needs to be in there, what doesn't need to be in there. And you have to put them back together. And they continue on with your flight. Mm. Okay. So, like like say, the, so they're looking for, like, bottles of water and liquid that's not. Like, exactly. Or knives and stuff. Or, or knives because, you know. <laughs> you, or you laptops, like huge laptops, you know. Or yeah, you got to take that out yeah. and stuff. So I think that's part of because you yeah, don't want to fry it when it goes through the X-ray machine. I think that's a better analogy compared to the food one. Yeah, going well, to it's security just because I'm hungry right now, so I don't want to be a diva about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess I I already was too late. So it's too late. That's too late. Too late. You're so diva, bro. You're diva. Bro. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're already. Yeah, on. So that's what happens when you're hangry. Hangry. Okay, so I guess like, what does it mean to deconstruct and reconstruct? Is like with our faith, like we, or our worldview, whatever worldview we, we received when we were younger, um, we kind of just like need to break it down, right? Uh, go through a breakdown process, which is the deconstruction phase, kind of like see like, oh, is this what I really believe in? Or is this something that is true? Uh, and then kind of just piecing things back together um, through a form of guidance via <clears throat> Jesus. Uh, and uh, yeah. That's what I understand so far from our conversation, deconstruction and reconstruction of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I think it's that just... Cool. Um, yeah, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I think... I think a part of it is taking down and bringing things back to why do I believe this? Mm-hmm. Or like, what do I believe and why do I believe this? And exploring it, right? And taking it apart, like questioning. Uh, and I think like 
this goes hand in hand with our conversation before um, when it comes to doubt. Um, And that's definitely a danger in deconstructing your faith is just totally losing it. But we get to that later, I guess. But deconstructing pretty much like in construction, there's demolition, right? There's demolition or there's partial taking down the house and then renovating it. Um, so I think like deconstruction of your faith pretty much means like you're taking every part of the things that you believe, putting them into like a higher scrutiny and saying and questioning them. Like, why do I believe this? And then studying the Bible, uh, asking people and having conversations with, I guess, leaders or fellow members and, uh, internal dialogue with yourself and asking the Holy Spirit and s- studying more scriptures in order to pick at the things that you believe in right. and remove anything that you know like that you may not believe in anymore so it's just exploring the things that you believe in and why you believe in I think okay and removing any parts that you might not think is true are true right and then the second part would be reconstructing um so like you've taken away all these things and you've questioned all these things now how do you put them together to come up to a logical explanation of the things that you believe in i think yeah <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so, I mean, does everybody like? I mean, is this just like a process that just came? I mean, I, I feel that that's sort of like been around forever, and they're just calling it deconstruction. Yeah, reconstruction, or is it something that's different? Like, is there a because di- it's it's almost like you know you get to the point where the the way that I understand it from from those explanations is that you know, you're taught something when you're younger and then you get to a point where you decide, is this really for me? Right. So you're stepping out from, from your, like almost your cultured background, right. What you've been taught, like going to church and, and all of the, all of the things that, that, uh, that people do to fit into the Christian culture, the Christian church, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And then to decide, okay, is this is this what I want? Right? Mm-hmm. They're like they're changing. They're going from culture to 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 um, acceptance. I guess like mm-hmm. before, it's just it's just something that's that's Being saying fed. like you know this, your parents will will say, hey, this is what our family you know this is what our house believes this is what our family believes. So you're gonna believe this. You know, when you're a kid and then later on, it's just like, okay, so is this really what I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think that it is. Or is there some, there's some other kind of nuance, something that's different that it's now called deconstruction, reconstruction? I think we're all, I think we're all, I think we're all along the same lines. I think, yeah, like this, this kind of like concept or the this kind of like, experience and journey isn't something that's like new i guess like the the whole phrasing of deconstruction and reconstruction of faith is new 
that like line to me is new but like the whole concept of like you know just going back to your beliefs and just thinking about like oh do, what i know that my family believes this but do i actually believe that um is that is what i believe is true uh and then so if so then what you know what truths do i like kind of like rely on i think that irrespective of like christianity i think everyone kind of experiences that in, in some way yeah. like like even like so everybody's so everybody's got to go through that i yeah because like i think regardless of worldview wherever they grow up they they have to analyze and and decide for themselves what do i believe in i think um or me in even believing in nothing is also a form of believing in nothing so that you have to choose yeah exactly so um but i guess here we're talking about like deconstruction reconstruction of destruction of faith so i guess in pertaining to the christian life at least yeah. Um, yeah. So, is there anything that nor? I mean, what do you think are the things that trigger, sort of, a person going into the deconstruction of their faith? Mm. Like, how do they say, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta do this thing now"? New experiences. I think new experiences and being a new setting most definitely change changes a lot. Um, I think with, um, you know, like as you said, um, Alan, like, um, you know you know, people growing up and kind of like just being fed the beliefs that their parents told them were true. Uh, and just kind of like, you know, when we all grow up, we go to like university, uh, we, 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 we go into workplaces and we encounter different people who have different uh, worldviews than us. And so because we encounter people who have different worldviews of us, we step into kind of like this, 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 we, we step out of our circle uh, and kind of like now have to like, and kind of like understand from the outside perspective why you believe in it mm. because i think that's something that we all need and at least for me i was tapped into like the adventist church um and um yeah and so i i grew up pretty much with a lot of people who were just from the adventist church um and so when i went to a public university um that was just a new setting for me there was people who were not adventist if anything adventist were like very minimal like very there's such a small number maybe like three on campus that's that's very small uh and, and there's other form there's other there's other christians from different types of christian faiths and then there's the, the catholics and then the the jews muslims and, and just a bunch of different like faiths and, and cultures and beliefs and and so being in that setting like um initially didn't necessarily challenge me that much what challenged me was when i joined a christian group that was not Adventist, was, uh, which was composed of Korean um, Presbyterians. Um, and so being in that, starting to become part of their leadership, there's, there's things that, that they do that kind of conflict what I grew up with. And so from there, it's kind of like, okay, but, so now I have to really decide and think about what do I believe in? Why do I feel this conflict in me? why is what is what is is it that they're doing something wrong is that i'm doing something wrong i think that's something that we all need to be able to like kind of like you know be able to grow out of and i think that's where like my deconstruction kind of like happened when i was part of that korean christian group um and then it kind of just made my faith stronger because like i i read passages i see things that like oh yeah, like I, no, not everyone needs to be circumcised. And I grew up knowing that we have to be circumcised. But then, you know, when we read the scriptures, like, oh, look at that. We don't need to be circumcised. Um, right? It's, and, and so, 
Uh, and so then it's kind of like something like that, like, oh, okay. And so, and there's things that, you know, um, things that kind of like just build up on your own beliefs that you've already had from before. And so that, I think that's the reconstruction phase. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's most definitely new experiences, being in different settings, engaging with other people, um, uh, provides a lot of ground to, to continue to be questioning, like, why do you believe this? And I think that's an active thing that we continue to be doing as we grow. Mm. Uh, I I think for me, uh, definitely, you know, there are traumatic experiences, which I won't get into (laughs) this podcast that, you know, that question, you know, whether, you know, whether God is real in my life, right. If he, if he's real, just in general, sorry. Um, But then um, also going off to, you know, to a secular uh, university, to a university that isn't basic. I mean, to basically to a, a university that um, doesn't have Christianity and Christian principles as one of its core principles in its, you know, uh, the way they function. Um, so, yeah, so it wasn't a den- denominational school and, you know, um, taking various courses and, um, you know, um, listening to people talk and and certain teachings particularly when it came to like creation and evolution you know is there a god is there not you know theodicy is why if there if there is a god why is there so many bad things happening in the world you know that sort of thing and so it would it it felt for me more at least from that aspect a a more superficial picking pecking at sort of like the the doctrines that that um, that I've been taught as a kid, right? And then, you know, the response is, well, this is part of my identity. I better learn how to stand up for myself when somebody questions me about it, right? And so I think, you know, I don't know if if that counts as a deconstructive process because, I mean, I guess for me it would be because you're you're trying to find the holes in which somebody, and I guess this sounds kind of bad, but in which somebody can kind of like shut you up because they're like, ah, what about this? And you can't respond. And so you don't want to be in that situation. So you want to have all the answers with all the angles so that you can always defend and, you know, parry and attack and and that sort of, that sort of like little sword fight dance with, you know, debate and and arguments and stuff. And and certainly I've I've seen videos on on, um, arguments particularly about creation versus evolution, that sort of thing. That tends to be, you know, the more well-debated topic, right? So I think, you know, for me, uh, that, was part of, that was part of my process, going to places or even just, you know, talking to, to other Adventists that talk about defending your faith. And, and there's a specific word for that. That's, um, what's the word for it? It's... Um, Apologetic. Sorry? Apologetics. Apologetics. That's it. Thank you. So yeah. I'm so sorry. definitely apolo- uh, apologetics about it, right? So trying to trying to, for lack of a better word, arm yourself, right, with knowledge to be able to defend what you believe, why you believe, right. Mm-hmm. So that's I, th- I think that's that was part of my 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 process and stuff. So, which guess- makes me sorry, uh, which makes me question also like this. This this process of deconstructing and reconstructing um, can't be 
always a linear sort of process where you just mm-hmm. say, okay, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I, I think I think I was reading on this topic. There's like some dude called like three boxes. There's order, disorder, and then reorder, right? So everybody when they're when they're when they're starting out, they have this you know ordered faith. Like everything's kind of like put into place, whether it's Sunday slash Sabbath school, whatever it is, you know, what you're taught and here are the fundamentals. These things go together, right? It's a well-ordered way of belief, right? And then, you know, they get to the disordered part where they're like, okay, let me, let me take that apart Rubik's cube style and let me try to put them back together. Mm. But I can't believe that it's just a linear you know, a linear process where you just go from one and then once you get to the other side, it's like, oh, that's great. I'm done with that now. <laughs> right? My faith is yeah. great, right? It's all it's all ironclad. I think I I think, you know, you you you're constantly being challenged what you believe is true. And the reason why I say that is because I can't also believe, I cannot also believe that Satan will take it lying down like he wants you back like he wants to like poke holes in your belief and he you know he can't have you running around like this you know, this really convicted christian telling like telling other christians that you know i'm really you know i'm i'm really strong in my faith this is really what i believe and there's not going to be like whatever because eventually that's going to impact people around him so i can't believe that the other side is going to want to take that lying down. They're going to try to poke holes and they're going to try to do other things and kind of like job you by you know throwing all kinds of uh, you know kinds of things in in your in your life journey whether it's like a huge sort of like um um a negative experience whether you question whether God's there whether it's like a professor that's saying okay you know what there's no god and here's why you know don't at me Right. And that, or, you know, maybe it's just you, you, you grew up and, and your friends aren't there anymore. Mm. And you have to ask, well, does this really fit with the way that I want to live my life? Any, any of those, those scenarios comes to mind in thinking that, you know, Satan and his angels might want to throw that in your path because the whole idea is that he doesn't want you on that side. He wants you on his side because, you know, he, he wants to destroy everybody. Mm. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. say no to say. <laughs> right. So I don't think it's linear, right? Like I, I can't imagine that it would be linear. There would have to be like processes, you know, throughout time. And maybe some people do it like bit by bit. Some like yeah. have their stuff blown up like that, like that hamburger or you know, cheeseburger or burger, just thrown against the no. wall and just have everything just messy and like, how are you supposed to like put it all together? Throw it back at the cashier. Throw it back at the cashier because, you know, <laughs> I said, no, back out. That. You can't be doing that. I, I think, I think that's, I think, yeah. Yes, please don't throw food back at, at, at people don't. that work in, in restaurants because that's oh, wait, how it Which happens, unfortunately, especially that's in horrible. coffee shops and in malls and this coffee shop that I work at. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but, but yeah, like for sure, I think it's not like a linear, it's, it's most definitely not a linear thing. And even if you 
overcome a certain aspect or certain doctrine there's going to be other ones that you know that we still need to be worked upon um and i think i think i like that security analogy actually it kind of works because like you, you you keep traveling you know you you go from one place you pass through a security check then you go to another place then you have to go through another security check and then you have to go back and you have to go to another security check i think it's i think it's important to continue to be checking up until like what we believe in where does our faith lie um and and i think that's super important because there are yeah there are holes um and it's 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 important to know where those holes are, um, and and I think to know and to recognize where those holes are, right? Um, it will provide like a, a, a place where you can try to figure out like why is there a hole? Um, anyway, I'm gonna move away from that hole <laughs> stuff because I a part of me did not did not really know where I was trying to go through cool. with that, uh, but. Uh, but as a whole, like yeah, I think it is not. It's not linear. It is most definitely not linear, and I think it's it's cool because uh, we the phrase that we use is like the walk of faith, not the stand of faith. Right. Um, right. You have to keep walking. If you stop, then it, there's not really like a stand of faith. I guess like if you just just want to continue to just prod people and uh, um just to remain static to to what you believe in from the past which is like you know in certain circumstances and certain beliefs yes that's it's it's true um but at the same time there are there might be things that you believe in that aren't necessarily founded in complete truth or and or places that you need to come back to and see that okay where does the word of god what does the word of god say about this um and and come back to that and i think that's a journey that of walking whether walking back or walking forward as long as you're walking that's walking but if you just stand static just relying on everything that you've just been fed and i don't think to me that's not really faith because faith continues to be a movement right and it continues to be an action so i think it's we continue moment. to grow it's a well, <laughs> well no i and i think touching on faith that's it's a it's you know it's an important point in the sense that you know faith is not Faith is not like how do I put put this delicately or like accurately? Faith is not um, evidence, right? Mm, yeah. If we go by the biblical, you know, definition, you know, it's it's belief in things that that aren't there that you can't see that you know you don't have evidence for, right? Mm. And that's that's this that's this choice that's this lifestyle, right? Because if you know if Christianity was about was about evidence it would be science but it's not right mm -hmm. it's 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 a faith-based sort of belief system right and, and the reason why i bring that up is because you know as as somebody that was trained in 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 being a pastor they don't say it, but everybody knows that you can't have all the answers to everything yeah right there are mm -hmm. no there's even even when you have answers it, it always it will always lead to a, an, another question and eventually you'll get to a question that you don't have the answer to mm -hmm. and so the whole idea that cliche of taking a leap of faith i think that's i think that's where where the deconstruction rubber meets that road right that's where you you start to say okay this is my trigger because you know, I don't have the I don't have the answer of why God, you know, 
took away my father, who is the most godly man that I've ever known. And he was so young and, you know, he doesn't deserve it. Right. When there's, you know, his business partner that did him so wrong, he gets to flourish and, and whatever. And so we go back to like, why is there good in the world? Why is there evil that flourishes in the world? You know, the theodicy aspect of it. So I think, you know, uh, there's, there's always going to be, and, you know, f- there's always going to be um, a part of deconstruction of your faith or at least reevaluation of it. If those are two different things, then you'll have deconstruction and reevaluation of why you believe what you believe, basically because we still have to go through life and our life, uh, you know, our life experiences, those challenge the things that we believe. Are they, you know, what we've been taught? Do they, do they line up? you know, to what we see with our own eyes, with the experiences that we have. Right? And I think that's why a lot of people, they leave because, you know, what they've been taught either doesn't line up to the reality that they see in front of them or it just doesn't work for them. It's just like, you know, okay, well, if there's a God, I don't need him right now because I can't, you know, I'm going to get kicked out of my, you know, I, I'm, I'm, getting caught for fraud or whatever i'm i'm getting kicked out of my house i'm being bankrupt and it's not even my fault so i don't need them tell with them mm-hmm. yeah. my experience with it um would just um you know i grew up in the church and my dad is a pastor and like my grandpa was like the head elder or something in his church and um just being taught all these like beliefs and um, being, I guess, indoctrinated, which is in itself like not a danger in itself, right? Like when people and adults teach their kids, it comes from a good heart and it comes from, they have good motivation and it is definitely a biblical mandate that God gave parents to teach their kids how to live a godly life. And God gave Israel the, the command that they should be teaching the, gen, the next generation, and that generation teaches that next generation um, the things that he has said to them. And, um, and I think that is really, um, it's not a danger in itself, like teaching your kids, but... I think uh, what we have come short on is just like teaching the kids how to think for themselves or how to process these like huge, huge topics of you know the Trinity or like the Sabbath or the sanctuary um, and how that how those things should help their relationship with God. Right. Um, and yeah, and I think like it really like my experience with that would be to just stepping out of the that church's bubble that I be- belong to and reading the scriptures more. And um, the, the biggest thing that I had to deconstruct is just my belief in you know, works. Right when it comes Mm. to faith and um, I've always believed um, and I don't think like it was the intention 
of the church to actually teach that we are saved by works. Uh, but uh, through the actions and through the teachings and through the wordings and I guess the, the language that uh, was spoken to me, or it, maybe it's just like the way that I saw things. Um, I came to believe that deep down inside, like at the end of it all, like we are saved by works, that we are saved because we observed the Sabbath or we are saved because we didn't eat pork or we are saved because we were vegetarians or we are saved um, because we believed in Because you creation. went to church and you paid yeah, tithes. we go to church and... every sa- Saturday or like every week and I'm, I was faithful and going to a midweek prayer meeting. Um so I thought that those things really like are <clears throat> what saved you. And I think the biggest a moment in my life was just reading like two books. Tom, Cl- I was going to say Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Clancy. Yes. Jack oh, Ryan. Clancy. Um, yes. Philip, Philip Yancey. Philip Yancey. Well, that's not um, really close. <laughs> Jesus, I never knew. And okay. his What's So Amazing About Grace. And those mm-hmm. things just broke, you know, like my walls. And um, I had to start studying grace and reading the Bible in, in the, in, in the, with the lens of grace instead of this is what you need to do in order for God to be happy with you it's like no like the biggest thing that could ever happen to me is to just believe in jesus and let his grace cover you and if when you have faith of his saving power and his saving mercy and you surrender your life to him then that's what matters and everything else your works uh, your faith and all those good things will come after that um the biggest deconstruction I had was to just like let that go uh, and to see how grace works with works <laughs> and yeah. how how works plays into it and like the role of like all these things when it comes to the salvation aspect of my belief um, instead of just like viewing um things in the way that oh i should do this because this is what god expects or i should do this so that i could be saved or god will be happy with me i think that's pretty much my biggest deconstruction and reconstruction mm. and just um viewing salvation in the in the lens of grace rather than what i do right right it was what jesus has done um but yeah Mm. Um. So, can, is do we? Is there a? Is there a scenario where somebody doesn't go through this process? Would you think? Yes. Yes. I think there 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 could be. A lot, um, I think. Like who who don't go through this? Go through this? Yeah. Go Actually, through the yeah, process of no. like. You're right. Yeah, there is a lot of people that don't. Wow. Though we said earlier that pretty much everyone would, but I, I think I think. Okay, so what are what are those scenarios? Give me an example. The scenarios uh, that wouldn't. Yeah, like a person would just go through their entire 
sort of life. Let's just say they, they, that they grew up, that they were born to a Christian home, like where Christian principles are taught, you know, from, from, you know, from early age. Can a person go through, uh, be in that situation and go through all their life and not have a deconstruction of their faith? Oh, it's so hard. I feel like I'm leaning on no, to be honest, even though, even though I think they could, I think when I said there was many, I think I, what I meant by that was they've gone through it previously in their life, but then they just stop doing it at all. And then they just lean on whatever they're being fed at the moment. Right. But they do go, but but they have at least once. Yes. So everybody does have to go through this process. Is that, is that your, I don't know. Okay. I think Mark, what do you think? Um, I think a big part of the church being lukewarm is because people don't delve into like or ask the question, why do I believe this? Right? Maybe because like in my experience, you know, growing growing up in the Philippines and seeing how faith works in the Philippines and like the religion, um, you know, like over there, it's much more of an intellectual, um, intellectual battle. Okay. With faith. And, you know, if the way you convert people is to debate them down to the ground. (laughs) So 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 beat them into submission. They believe you then, then like they get baptized and then because they believe that and they think that it's truth then then they go like there's a real good chance that they'll stay there and they'll because they have no they they don't have any um reason not to is that yeah and then you basically taking away all their escape valves uh, escape ports like no you can't do that because that's 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 not the truth. That's that's falsehood. So you shouldn't because it's false. You don't get to go through that door. Is yeah, that, yeah. Okay. And uh, I think like because of that, because of the way of you know like the the culture of teaching and just accepting things and uh, all these things, um, then there's a lot of people where they don't go through you know after that point or or whatever like they don't go through deconstruction and reconstruction and i think like that's part of the reason why if you start asking questions in church and um or in you know like your social circles of christians and then you ask like the deeper you know parts of the faith they'll like people will come people will always blast you with the most dogmatic verses the most dogmatic responses because like that's all they've known right and to a certain extent they don't know how to get deeper and they don't know how to you know explore these things and the layers um that come with certain topics because they haven't explored themselves right and there's a danger that it's never going to happen. And I think like, if not a lot of people don't go through with it, then I'd say quite a bit. 
mm, of people <laughs> don't go through with it. But don't go I think that's just deconstruction. Yeah, deconstruction. No, are, wait, wait. So are we talking about for your for your? Sorry to cut you off. Are we talking about like? Are we talking about a full deconstruction, or are we talking about sort of like pecking here and there? Because for me. Because for me, like the idea of deconstruction doesn't have to be a full-blown one, especially yeah. like as we we're talking about like a, as a line, non-linear process, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be maybe this when you're 10 years old, maybe this other when you're 30 years old and another thing when you're like 25 and, you know, and it doesn't, I mean, or, you know, are you talking about like a full-blown blow it up, throw the hamburger against the wall and see what sticks type of deal? No, it, I'm. So I'm talk, a lot of I'm people even, don't I'm go through that. Even, yeah, I'm. I'm even talking about like just pecking through things. Like they. Yeah. Like so. Like a lot of people, at least when it comes to my church or like my upbringing, is just that they accept things that are taught to them as the truth, um, because the Sabbath, you know, the Sabbath school lesson is, you know, says this. This must be the truth. Mm-hmm. Or because the preacher, the pastor preached this, or our head pastor preached this, um, this must be the truth. Mm-hmm. And then Mark comes along and asks questions. Oh, that doesn't sound like the thing that I've been taught. So that must be false. Mm-hmm. Jed, did you? I, I'm gonna something? I'm gonna take back my answer. Okay. I'm changing my answer again. Um, have to. Like, no, but I think it's just like, well, like, well, Mark's talking, I just realized something like, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people actually don't, okay. I don't, I don't want to say a lot, but there are people, I don't know how many people, there's people who just don't go through the deconstruction and reconstruction. I think, but I think everyone had, there's a point in time where they had, they have to change choose to go into that process of deconstruction and reconstruction because uh, i there's no way that that there's a tragedy that happens and it doesn't spark you to know why this happens in the world it says that's just part of the fundamentals of being human and that and that that even goes into the most earliest books in the world um uh, and that like like epic of gilgamesh that's not the bible that's like that's like that's not bible it's it's an ancient text of a hero that questions the death of his friend like there's and what is life and so i think i in the root of humanity there's a sense of like like trying to figure out what the world is and what the world means to me. And, and so I think we all come to a point where we can choose because I think like as well, Mark was sharing, there are people who just don't, that choose not to deconstruct. They're faced with something that's opposing them. And because there's a, an object or an idea that opposes them, they can choose either to explore that with them or completely oppose that and, and, and say that they're completely wrong. Um, and I, I think people, every, like people can choose to do that. Um, but I do think that there are people who do not, who have not experienced deconstruction and reconstruction of faith. And I, yeah, and based on like my, my own experience, I've seen people who, who just flat out just do not, do not want to take heed of any other worldview, um, would not even talk about the hard topics because they're like, oh, it's already figured out. You don't need to talk about that anymore. Just look at, look at the, it's, it's it there. It's look, talk to your pastor. He knows what it is, you know, or, or like it's, it's already written down. Look, look in the pages of this particular book. Look, that's what we believe in. That's the truth. That's it. That's it. Uh, and, and 
it's just like, and that's it. Like, like it, you know, like there, there's no exploration of that deconstruction. Like, um, it's, I think it's important to go through a process like this because we need to see things in an outward perspective. Um, there's this thing called confirmation bias where you, we, where people who in the in-group have this tendency to search for um, beliefs, ideas to support their own beliefs already. Um, and will only, they will devalue and invalidate any form of evidence that opposes their beliefs. What, and that's a, yeah, that's an actual psychological occurrence that happens to all people. Uh, and I think when it comes to beliefs, it's important to step out of the confirmation bias and be willing to accept other things. Not what I mean by accept is acknowledge the other things and not fear the other things that opposes our beliefs and continue to, and, and, and kind of like explore, you know, again, that like what we believe in, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I, I think we basically, I just wanted to say, yeah, we, we choose there's a crossroads. We choose to deconstruct and reconstruct, or we choose not to. I think everyone has the experience of it. Oh wait, wait. So you're saying it's? Are you so? Wait, are you saying that everybody does go through that process, or there are people that don't? So what I'm trying to say is that there are people, there are, there are people that don't go through that process, but everyone has the opportunity, and are given the opportunity to to deconstruct or not. Everyone is given the opportunity. And the reason why I can be confident in that is because if we believe that there's a God, right? Mm -hmm. And that God's grace and his love is poured out to many, like I think something that does prompt us to deconstruct and reconstruct is is his love. When, When we are met with God's love, that changes our worldview from what we grew up with, regardless of it. And that, and that comes to giving up something that we've been holding on for a while. And so it's kind of like, you know, you go through that process of breaking down who you are as a person, what you believe as a person to embrace something that is true. And I think that, I think that's like, I think people can have that opportunity to, to experience that. And I, and I, and I, and I, have, and I believe God provides opportunities for all uh, to know the gospel. Um, I think you know, Judd, you touched on like why is it important, and that's really you know, like a really good question because I think it's important to just you know make your faith your faith, right? Um, it's not just like when you deconstruct and reconstruct, first of all, I don't think you should just deconstruct. Right. There's always like. <laughs> well, that's uh, what happens, right? People deconstruct yeah. their faith and then uh-huh. they decide they don't want any of it and they'll mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. Right. They become atheists. And that's a real danger to it. Um, I think like we, like, if you want to go through this process, I think you should always have the motivation of reconstruction at the end of it all. Um, I think it's important that we go through this because it's going to make our faith like our own faith. Uh, it's not our parents' faith anymore. Um, you know, our relationship with God is not based on our parents' relationships with God. It's It should be our own. And so when we deconstruct, like the things that we've been taught as kids and as children and study the scriptures, 
talk about it with people, um, listen to sermons or listen to podcasts or uh, any other thing that you do to, you know, pick at you know what you believe, and then like you reconstruct, then come to a point where you can reconstruct that with the Holy Spirit's help, then. I guess like your faith will be stronger um, because your faith, you have made your faith like real personal um, mm. and it's what works for you. And I think it's also important because it's important to go through it because you never know if what you're believing is correct. Right. So, you know, it goes back to the Jews missing um, the point of Jesus coming. Like they thought it was the Messiah is this military um, person that's going to overpower Rome. When scriptures told them it's going to be someone who, you know, is not really that powerful. And he's going to, he has another purpose. It's not just, uh, bringing Israel over Rome in you know like the in a physical way, but in a spiritual way, like overcoming the world. Um, and so they believed what they were believing are tr- is true, but yet they missed the point. Um, and Paul had to deconstruct his faith, like the Apostle Paul, mm. a lot, um, and. You know, he thought he was persecuting Christians because it was the right thing to do when it was, you know, Jesus himself had to, you know, talk to him, had to tell him what you're doing is not true um, or what you're doing is not right. You're persecuting me. So he had to deconstruct what he believed and re- and he reconstructed it. And, you know, he was one of the more prominent uh, people who evangelized um, the Greek world and the Roman world. So I think it's important to go through this process because it, um, you we don't have the monopoly of truth. Um, and we're always, as Jed said, there's always confirmation bias and um, we're always uh, blind to some things that we might not even think we're blind to. Mm. So... Yeah, and also Job had to reconstruct his faith. Absolutely, absolutely, um, because he thought that righteousness produces, like, um, what's it called, uh, wealth or what's that common, common topic now or common um, term for it? Prosperity, uh, yeah, okay. prosperity. prosperity. Um, or like it was a belief back then that righteousness produces prosperity when it doesn't really um and your prosperity doesn't shouldn't shouldn't um, determine your relationship with god so uh he had to go through that process if he didn't he would have said oh this must be because i did something wrong and then let me just die now but he went through that process uh, and God spoke to him uh, through that process. So, yeah, um, those are the things that I think, like the reason that I think 
going through this process is important. Should we be teaching our kids in church? Should we be teaching our kids about preparing for a deconstructive process? Uh, or will it do more harm than good? <laughs> I believe I, I, <laughs> that we should encourage them to make their faith personal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, same. But I think also not to shame their journey to de- deconstruct. I because I think I've I've experienced shame that um, not not that. Like people shamed me for deconstructing my faith. I think it's you know just to yeah not shame children to do yeah, to to do that passive aggressive to discover what their faith. <laughs> yeah, like oh you're gonna follow this other religion then okay fine you know like like no none of that or none of the like oh if you explore another religion you're gonna you're gonna lose your faith in this one no 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 that's not true. Like it, like none of those comments are going to be constructive to your child's growth. <laughs> uh, I think encouraging, yeah, just continue to be encouraging them to be seeking out who God is for themselves. I think that inevitably will lead to them um, being able to construct uh, and deconstruct and reconstruct, um, but also provide that space that, you know, I want to be in this journey with you. Um, I want to, I want to, you know, be in this journey as you figure out who God is to you, is to you. And yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's important. Yeah. So Jed, it's, it's almost like, it sounds like you're talking about what, how do you deal with somebody that's going through the deconstructive process, or at least they're starting to get into that. Like they're saying, okay, well, you know, why is this the way that, why do we believe this? Why do we do this this way? Right. And I guess uh, those are two different processes, but you know, let's, let's touch on that one per se like when somebody else is going through the deconstructive process how should like you talked about sort of like how should we you know talk to somebody that does maybe have that right that that is going through that right so it, what what do you think are like some solid guidelines that we can say to somebody that that if their son or if their daughter or their friend is going through a deconstructive process because I've been through that, right? People have come to me and they've said, "Hey, look, this person's gonna leave our church because like da 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 da." You gotta talk to him as a pastor, right? How should one, how should one uh, approach or like handle somebody that's going through a de- deconstructive process? What are your guidelines to to you know to tell them? Uh, one thing that I would make sure I do is to let them know that I don't know everything. And you know, most people don't know everything. I, Cause I think once you go through the front of like, I know everything and this is what's true. This will, this, that can cause a polarizing effect depending on, you know, what, the, what they've been through. Um, and so I can just to let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still figuring out what I believe in, but I want to be able to help you. I don't want to be joining you in this journey. And so I think, like kind of like wording in that. So one being okay and letting them know that, you know, you're not perfect into what you believe in uh, and two that you're willing and you're down to be able to be part of their journey. Cause a lot of people just kind of impose their ideas. Like this is what it is. This is what the Sabbath is. This is what, this is who Jesus is and et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. End of conversation. It's more of like a journey, you know, like it's, it's an ongoing conversation. 
Right. So you're talking about number one, acceptance of somebody that's going through them saying, Hey, no, you're not me. This is a normal process for people. Yeah. So number two, offer to help them with that process by going along with them on that journey. Right. Yeah. Is that yeah, is that pretty much it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Off- offering help, offering, sending resources that would help them. Okay. Inviting yeah. them. Yeah. Mark, do you have anything uh, to add to that? Would you say? Um, because I think part of it is like uh, our third question that we talked about is they may have like this question of why why should be, you know, at least for you as a person that that might be dealing with it, maybe they need to understand the process of why it's important to go through this process in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what what kind of guidelines can we give somebody that that is dealing, you know, taking it from a person that's dealing with somebody that's going through that? Because I think what Jed sort of touched on was the knee jerk reaction of when somebody going through this, it's just like, nope, shut them down. Like you said, like sort of, you know, that boat experience was like, no, that's not that's not what the truth is. And then beat them into submission. Don't go through this process because it's not good. Bam, 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 bam. Here's why you should believe what, what we believe. Mm, yeah. Right. And inherent in that is the shaming aspect of it so i mean yeah. well let me let me ask you this much before we go into that is that an effective process is that an effective sort of not process is that an effective sort of strategy to handle somebody that's that's going through that process a deconstructive what, process what is to just shaming no well or, obviously shaming is like a bad connotation in our word but like just just tell them no you shouldn't be going like basically telling them you know, trying to steer them away from the process. Like, is this, no, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, you know, you don't, don't question it because, you know, doubt is, doubt is bad. Doubt is sin, right? No. Not faith. Is that an effective Heck no. sort of strategy? <laughs> no. Heck no. Um, I, and I think like we touched on this in our doubt episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like if we do that, like will continue to isolate people and make them feel alienated. And um and they won't talk to anyone. They'll just like the more they'll want to leave because they don't feel like they can talk to anyone, right? Right. Uh so I guess like a for me, like the practical way is to find a way to make that person feel safe with you and mm-hmm. secure. Um okay make them trust you or yeah. help help them trust you right um and tr- help them trust you that you're there with them throughout the process right, right because you know you're not going to be effective if they don't talk to you about it they and then they don't talk to you about it yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so um you know what you know captain america says to bucky <laughs> I'm with you till the end of the line um, or something to that effect. Um, I think like we should say that like to, and make people feel that that is our sentiment towards them. Regardless of what, regardless of what the end is. Yeah. And you know, Billy said that Billy said something in the doubt episode too, that like when they leave the church, that is not the end of, that shouldn't be the end of your relationship. That shouldn't be the end of you trying to reach out to them. Like you still have some sort of influence and some sort of relationship with them, even when they decide that, mm-hmm. you know, to leave the church. 
Yeah. Or, you know, because that may not yeah. even be the end. Yeah. Right. Because there yeah, are many occurrences room. where somebody's left mm-hmm. and then they've come back. So it's not just because they've left that's the, you know, that's the end all be all written in stone. They're done. Yeah. And so just like provide a safe space. And I think like uh, I was listening to a podcast and what this pastor did with his high school students, a chaplain. I think um, he told them to write down their deepest questions. Um, like their most burning questions about faith and about church, and they'll talk about it. They'll hang out and talk about it for a year, having co- just having conversations about it. Um, and they did that, and he saw that the majority of the people that were there that he talked to after like ten or fifteen years were still in the church, and their faith is still going strong. Um, right. because they had that experience of oh i can trust someone um someone in the church whoever that may be can go through this process with me even when i'm deconstructing or even when i'm doubting Um, so uh, yes provide a safe space I, i think the other thing is to tell somebody that might face somebody coming to them and and are deconstructing uh, is to tell them, you know, God might use you to help this person, but it's not up to you. (laughs) It's it's not up to you to, to snatch them from the jaws of defeat. Right. Don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not for you to save them. God might use you, but it's ultimately still his job. Right. And ultimately, it's still mm-hmm. it's still yeah. it's it's still a, a struggle between a person's heart and the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you take over that, when you take over that that role, you're taking over like you're assuming the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's not a good place for you to be in. Right. So. I think I, for me, I'd want to take off that burden from somebody that's in that situation to say, look, it's not up to you, man. Don't worry about like what what um, what course they take because ultimately it'll still be their choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They still have to, and it's not on you. So you know, use uh, use the words that you feel that God. You know, when you pray, Lord, please give me the words to tell to this person. Right. Use those words, but don't feel that you have to come up with the perfect answer. Right. Because um, I think that's where people start to like panic and they'll start to, you know, throw verses and proof texts and all these things to say why they shouldn't, you know, and we get that beating person's head over with the Bible and stuff like that. And that's where the shaming comes in. And they're like, well, I can't talk to them because they'll always tell me that I'm wrong. And there's an answer and they won't let me, you know, it's almost like you're taking away their choice to explore their own faith. Yeah. All right. That's that's what I think is that's what I think would happen to somebody that's in that situation, and that you know for somebody to that's in that situation where they're not allowed to explore their faith, whether to to question it or not, I would think that some people you know might say, okay, you know what? Yeah, sure. Let let me just you know man up or Christian up or however you want to say it, and just you know accept it the way it is. But I think that a large number of people will say you know what forget that 
if I'm not allowed to like figure things out, I don't need it. Right. Particularly if I'm going to feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, I think if there's one thing that I would, would want to say to them, it's like, look, it's not up to you. Use the words that God has, has put in your heart to tell this person, but don't feel that, you know, you're the, you're the stop, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, stopping them from the jaw, you know, snatching from them from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like viewing questioning as a positive thing, uh, I would encourage them to do that because questioning, I think for me, reveals that there is resistance to not believing. Right. right? So when a person decides to go up to someone to ask them a question about faith, there's still resistance in their soul to unbelief. They want to believe and they want to yeah, um, still ha- have faith in God and uh, believe what they're believing. It's just that for them, it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. And, there's some things that just doesn't line up. Yeah. yeah. And we should view that as a positive and Absolutely. not as a negative. Yeah. Um, we, because we view it as a negative, oh, this person is that, or like this person is deconstructing, and he's gonna. There's, we automatically he's go apostatizing. To zone. They're backsliding. Danger zone. Alert, alert. But yeah. um, we should view it as like they want to believe. They want to have conversations with you, and um, they're taking the time to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and we we should view it as a fortunate thing yeah. because people can just drop out, especially in this day and age like um, millennials are known for just doing whatever they want it's just like if they don't like the job they'll quit um there's no loyalty to the company anymore there's cancel culture we got to talk about that you're right (laughs) yeah i I was thinking about it but (laughs) everyone everybody like almost all podcasts are like talking about it yeah maybe we will um but anyways like whatever they will do whatever they want. And so if they don't believe anymore, they'll just drop out. But the fact that they're asking questions is a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, because they're wrestling with, you know, this idea. You can call them a Jacob because they're wrestling with God, right? They're mm, wrestling with yeah. with the thoughts that are going yeah. through, whether, you know, the direction that God has led them to, whether it's the right one, you know, up into that river, going to meet, you know, this harrowing, you know, experience with his brother that he thinks is going to, you know, kill him because he brought 400 armed men. Right. Mm. And so you wrestle with God, you know, at the point of, of your experience and, and, you know, whether where he's brought you thus far is, was a mistake or if it's the right path. Mm. Right. So for the person that's there, yeah, I would know that's a great thing to tell them. Like, look, you know, they're actually, this is actually, they're trying to grow. Yeah. Right. This is a process for them because, you know, it, it, and the thing I would say to them is, you know, they're, they're trying to translate knowledge into belief, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that they've learned that somewhere floating in their head that this is what we do, whether it's just, you know, whether it's just the culture that you've, you know, of what you've been doing, like it's your church culture. And they're trying to, like you said, appropriate that for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're essentially going from truth, I mean, from, from uh, information to belief, Right. And everybody's got to do that. Right. Because yeah. that's kind of what Jesus says to us. You know, you have to believe. 
right? Mm. If you don't believe, well, then, you know, that's the kind of, you know, yeah. you know, you kind of like missed the mark on that one. So this <laughs> is a growing process for them. Mm-hmm. Right? You, this is how do you know that, you know, there's, there's like the, some, some kind of fire lit in them that they're trying to come down to the bottom line. Like they're, they're trying to get to the bottom of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. you know, help them through that. Yeah. Right. Because it's, just, I would think it would be a scary thing. Right. Yeah. I think, scared. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, think, I think just like also being patient in that process towards them. Like it's, it's not, especially for someone who has not been engaged in a Christian culture from when, from when they grew up, like asking them to believe in a God that we, that you can't see is a pretty wild and pretty big thing, you know, to decide on. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and to follow and follow the, um, and follow into, to believe not by sight, but by faith. And that's, that's a, that's hard for a lot of people. And it takes, and it's, it takes a, it takes, yeah, they, they need to really decide and translate, as you said, that knowledge into. Yeah. Into because, belief, yeah, because sure. it's not, it's not, um, you know, ours is not a religion of science, right? It's not based mm. on facts necessarily, right? There are some things that you just have to accept, right? And yeah. you've got to choose to accept that. You have to choose to believe that because there's not going to always be ample evidence why you should believe the things that you believe. Right. Somebody will always come around and poke, try to poke holes in it. Some other experience will always come and try to poke holes in it. So everybody at some point has to, you know, accept um, the knowledge that is given them and transfer it over from knowledge into, to belief. Mm-hmm. So, because if yeah. not, then they don't make it as Mark said, they don't make it personal for them. Yeah. I think another tip to add just for, for those who are wanting to know how to support someone who is going through that deconstruction and reconstruction kind of like phase or like part in their life um, is to also just kind of just be present, just be a friend, like literally just see them as a person that also just like you had to figure out some stuff. Right. Um, mm. Cause like, I think a lot of the times what happens is, we try to, you know, at the, in the church, like, I think we, we've touched upon it for sure earlier, um, is that we, you know, we, we, we kind of help them, but then when they decide to leave the church, then we lose contact completely. It happens a lot. And, 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 and I don't know, you know, it could be due to many different reasons. Maybe it's due to proximity or difficulty in trying to find time to talk to them. But I think it's to continue to be in relationship continue to be in uh continue to be in just being present regardless if they leave or they choose a belief that is an opposition of you um because we're we're not friends we don't love people on the basis of what they believe in we love people because they're people that god loves and and that's something that we need to continue to remind ourselves of Going back to sort of like one of the things, something just popped in my head. I think the one thing that we, and I think maybe Mark touched on it, maybe Mark said this, but, you know, just uh, for somebody that's going through the deconstructive uh, process or thinking about going into them, I I think I would tell that person, um, you know, it's okay to go through this, this process. Um, Just make sure you take the Holy Spirit along, right? Be open to what he wants to tell you, you know, um, about the truth of who they are, of who 
the father is and the son and 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 their and their interaction in this world you know uh, yeah don't suspend i mean suspend sort of like all judgment aspect of that um but allow you know you know be open to the holy spirit to teach you on things like just just don't rely on your own sort of like your own eyes your own experiences you know um even what other people tell you right um just be open to that because it ultimately um, the Holy Spirit will tell you what the real truth is. Right. Um, and I think that part of that, you know, part of the, the, the sort of the process of deciding whether, you know, God is real, maybe that'll help, you know, decide that aspect of, well, especially if you, if you are convicted that he's teaching you something. Mm. Right. So I yeah. think I would probably tell that to somebody that's, that's going through that process. So as we, you know, as we sort of close off this conversation, I guess there's a couple of things that maybe we want to remember. Um, and if I don't remember them, go back and listen to it again. <laughs> but basically, you know, if you're going, if you're going through the process, right, of deconstruction, um, know that it's, it's normal, right? Uh, know that it's uh, eventually you're going to have to go from the knowledge that you're given to believing whether it is um, something that, you know, that's true. Uh, so that's quite normal. Know that you're not the only person that has gone through this. Um, uh, also, um, if you don't go through it, uh, I guess that's okay too, because, you know, God loves people that have, you know, that kind of belief um, in them in, in the truth as well. Um, but also if you are a person that is coming, uh, into a scenario where somebody is going through a deconstructive process and it seems like the world is falling apart for them, maybe that is exactly what it is, right? Um, don't be scared of that because it is normal. Um, know that it's not all on you. Use God, um, be a friend, be accepting. Um, regardless mm -hmm. of what the end goal is, or what the end result is, because it's never over till it's over. Yeah. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us in this episode. We hope that you have enjoyed our talk on deconstruction and reconstruction of faith. Uh, it's definitely a much-needed topic to talk about, and we hope that you feel encouraged to share and start this conversation with others in your respective churches or circles. Uh, in regards to our episodes, we are here every Wednesday, so be on the lookout for new episodes, um, unless I get really busy, in that case, <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At the handle at the prodigals pod. And please, if you like what you've been hearing, subscribe and follow us so that you are always up to date with our episodes. And if you could do so, please leave us a rating and review. That way we are able to reach more people out there in the world. And that's all we have for you this week. Um, and we hope you join us next week and that you stay blessed. And stay faithful. And the prodigals are signing out. <laughs>
Slow down. <laughs> okay. That's new. <laughs> the prodigal 